going into my basketball. Every time I rock, man, this is how we rap around. Peace to my man. Now we got the camera out. Every time I spit it, cross over the Alright, hello everyone, this is Josh, also known as Yashu, and you're tuning into another episode of TLOI Talks, episode uh, 46, you're going to see it like on all platforms, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, much more. I feel like I've said this like too many times, uh, but we'll keep going. Also, like, you know, do that five-star review if you can too, and you know, we're just going to get started uh, right here and all that. Uh, we have actually like one of the biggest rising artists like in the Toronto music scene uh, right now. With multiple uh, like you know press coverages from like CB twenty four, City TV, uh, We Love Hip Hop, much more. Uh, she also had like a variety of uh, releases too, including her uh, latest uh, release, uh, The Smell of Smoke. Uh, it'll be out like on all platforms. Uh, it, well, it is out on all it's platforms. Out. Uh, it's out. And you know she has hosted her own events, has uh, directed like a good amount of videos in the past, and much more. We have Toronto's own uh, racks in the building. How are you doing today? Thank you. Oh my God, what an introduction! Wow. Yeah. Man. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here today. Yeah, man. I mean, we definitely had to like get you on here and all that too. Like. You know, I got to share like your flowers, too, because you're like the second, you know, woman guest on the platform, you know, just well, so solo woman guest on the platform and all that, too. Let's so go. I'm trying to like keep that like legacy going up from there and all the, you know, better perspectives, everything else, too, and all that. And, you know, seeing like all the stuff I've seen from like We Love Hip Hop, Bulls and Beats, uh, much more like even from Rated R and from the other stuff, too. It's you have a great story and great journey and all that, oh, too. Thank and like you. We'll get to like speak uh, further on that as well, you know. <laughs> Yeah, you are great. And who was the first female that you had on here? So we had Beauty in the Ride just mm -hmm. uh, recently uh, last week. So that'll actually drop sometime uh, later on soon. So always keep like your eyes peeled on that and love that. Drop the other one. We'll drop this one like pretty soon as well too. Like as like mentioned and amazing. Yeah, you know, we, we gotta, gotta get more girls on here because we are taking over. Yeah, no. Nah, like I think it is a good time for uh, for I wouldn't say female rappers women rappers are uh, right now in the mm -hmm. building you know just with the american side the canadian side too like it's self-explanatory and all that and like we'll get more into it soon and all we'll that dive day. in yeah <laughs> so i want to like get more into your story uh right now so you so you grew up in collingwood um so tell me more about the differences like between that between toronto and collingwood like in terms of like living you know the social norms etc and all that i mean it was a great place to grow up it's a snowboard small town um, in terms of like growth and like what you can do there, it's not that it's not that big. Um, so, I mean, when I moved to Toronto, it was just my time to kind of move and branch out. And I started film and photography when I first got here. And it's just kind of blossomed from there. No. But I do shout out Collingwood because it is a great place to grow up. No, most definitely, because, I mean, Collingwood and, like, Meaford, they're, like, close to Barry and all that, and <laughs> I know Barry, like, they have, like, a strong, like, love for hip-hop, too, like, around those areas, too, yeah. so there were, like, some concerts, like, uh, that would pop up, so I don't know if you ever, like, went to concerts, like, in Collingwood, like, at that time, too, like, when hip-hop and, like, rap was, like, sort of, like, uh, rising, like, within yeah. Canada. Yeah, like, I mean, there wasn't a big scene in Collingwood. We had, like, Wakestock and, like, some events at Blue Mountain, like, Swollen Members, shout out Mad Child. Um, they were there. I remember seeing them back in the day and just, like, loving them. Um, and then with, like, Wakestock and stuff, they brought, like, Flavor Flav and, and people like that. But the music scene wasn't, like, massive there. Yeah. 
so I'd say like you would be like the first artist from like <laughs> Collingwood, Barry, like around those areas to be like a big name and all that. Um, I I don't consider myself like a huge name yet. Like we're we're building to that, but I mean, hopefully one day like I can I can say that and say yeah, like I'm representing Collingwood and and the you know the North Side. Nah, most definitely, you know, and, you know, talking more about, like, your musical background and history and all that, too, did you have any, like, family members or friends that were doing music at the time, and was, like, an initial drive for you to get into music from, like, your friends or family and all that? Um, I think that art is a huge thing in my family, and, like, I have, a, there's a lot of people in my, my family's pretty big on my dad's side, and, you know, a lot of people are musicians and stuff like that. I think it, I've always been a musician at heart like when I was a kid I played piano and taught myself how to play guitar um, and write poetry I was a big poet but I didn't really take it seriously until I was a bit older and like moved to Toronto and wanted like was going through stuff so I just kind of took the chance and posted a video online and it went kind of mini viral oh, so that was kind of like the snowball effect and I've just been on go since no, nah, most definitely. And, you know, like even like prior to music and all that, you were like doing photography and like film mm -hmm. and all that, too. You know, you were working like, you know, with like D Director X and like Brett Shout Kessel out. and like everyone else, too. So how did you even like get into photography and film? Like, you know, because we never really got into that aspect uh, yet. You know, like usually some people, there's like a lot of like unique aspects to getting there and all that. So how did you get into that? And what was like the experience, you know, working with big names like that? Well, I, it kind of fell into my lap. Like I moved here and I was doing photography as a hobby and like doing gallery shows and stuff like that. Shout out Just John. Um, I did a show with him at his gallery. Um, and then I was working at nightclubs and I met a producer and he said, do you know, you, you know, do you want to come out and work on this music video? I worked with, uh, it was Brett Kessel music video and I don't even really listened to country music, so I didn't really know how big he was in that world. But I got on set and I just fell in love with it. So I continued to, you know, put myself out there and film and it slowly blossomed and blossomed. And I did a lot of music videos. So that's where I got introduced to Pop Rock and Mad Rock. And those are Director X's um, production companies back in the day. I don't know if they're still around. I think Mad Rock is, but um, yeah, and I got to be around some really talented people, so I was pretty blessed with that. And that definitely like inspired some of my own stuff because I got into these rooms with these A-listers, and I was like, I can do this, you know. Yeah. And here we are. Nah, one hundred percent. And you know, like usually from different perspectives too like you know you now being like an artist out right now like usually there are like different perspectives on creating like the best uh, music video and mm -hmm. you know i just want to ask so from your perspective versus like you know like a videographer's perspective like uh like a macadelic or like um shout out mac i think also i think this other guy uh, brown guy made it yeah brown guy made it yeah. as well too like what would be like the differences within perspectives when an artist is directing the music video versus like when a director or videographer is like doing it that's a great question. I think that something that Toronto lacks is creativity. Like, I wish that I would see a little bit, like, because the amount of artists we have, you see a lot of the same video. Yeah. And I wish that artists would kind of, you know, branch out and use that creativity that they take to make the music and put it into their videos. But I come from a film background, so 
you know, like I've always had that creative eye and that creative mind. Um, but I think it's really dope when like Macadelic and Brown Guy made it collab with the artists and they kind of bounce off each other and it can make something really beautiful, yeah. right? But I think that people definitely need to challenge themselves more as well as, well as myself because I could be making crazy, crazy videos and, you know, like what's stopping me and same with everybody else do you feel like other artists should also help like other artists like when like in the process of like directing a music video and all that too because i feel like it does kind of get like outdated with the condo like music videos yeah. or like the parking lot type yeah. music videos too and all that so um i i do think so i think the problem with the collaboration part of it is like a lot of people don't have time a lot of people want you know a bag to to for their time um people are broke right now um it's it's difficult like being an artist is really hard especially an independent artist because you're taking money out of your own pocket and you know doing stuff with it would i like to see more artists collaborate yeah totally but i i need to also follow in those footsteps as well and try to collaborate with more people yeah no nah, most definitely and um you know we're just getting into like this uh, latest question right now which is very important your debut well not your debut album your latest album the Smell second of Smoke. studio <laughs> <laughs> um so tell me more of the, about the creative process inspiration for the project and how is it different from like the other stuff you've dropped like in the past it's a great question. Another one, like claps for you. You have great questions. Um, I think that with this, this is my second studio album. With the first one, I think that I was being, you know, I was making it for people and, and thinking that that's what female rappers should be, you know, and with the ass twerking and the talking about this and that, ratata. Um, with this second album, I wanted to be more t true to who I am and you know, mature, be mature about it and be different because there's not really a lot of girls that are doing what I'm doing. And I want to encourage it that like you don't need to have your tits and your ass out as much as it's your like, do you baby? Like, and I respect it, but it's nice to, you know, have like the J Coles and the Mac Millers and, you know, that kind of side of the girl rap as well right yeah no it's yeah. definitely because i think at that time 2019 2020 it had like a lot of people like a rico nasty a megan the stallion a doja cat you know a lizzo and all that and that's when more ex like you know within like female rap accept acceptance got like kind of high from yeah. there and all that too and then you know as we are getting into like 2023 uh right now like to the end of 2023 like the whole sound is like Ice very Spice. different and all that yeah exactly so um do you feel like even like uh, with that change too, do you feel like within those influences, it kind of changes like how the perspective of, of like music is like made from there and all that? For sure. I think that music goes in waves and there's different trends and there's different things that it's always something new. And that's the challenge with the challenge and the beauty of music, because you always got to be on and you always got to be putting out something hope and if you want to be successful i think something different because if you really look at the successful people they're the things that started those trends like for example drake with the rapping and the singing and he's a big muse of mine and i take a lot of my inspiration from how he kind of came up but putting my own twist on it and the female perspective yeah oh, most definitely 100 percent. and with like the smell of smoke and all that too like aside from 
you know the music process and everything else too like what was like that whole like studio process like even like recording all those tracks and all that yeah um so i think like it takes a time to you know with this album it's very personal and like i take a lot of the emotion from things that happened over the last two years so with that i from start to finish it's about a two-year project right so you go through the stuff then you go into writing so i wrote for a long time and then finally when you're done all your writing um go into production and i recorded at a studio it's the cube studio um shout out loop v um me and him he was my engineer on it just me and him grinding out long nights you know at the studio and we and we got a lot done and we accomplished accomplished a nine track album that i'm very proud of and yeah it's it's something that i think sets me aside from most of the music that's coming out of Toronto. Nah, 100% too. And I think like one of your like main influences uh, right now and your favorite artists uh, recently is Black actually. And you know, I've, like, I've tapped that in from like the other interviews. Black? And, uh, <laughs> yeah, Black. Oh my God, yeah. I love you so much. Yeah. I'm meeting him in November and I'm so uh, excited. Oh, you caught the meet and greet for it? I did. Oh, true, true. So it'll be blessed either way, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think I almost said Vlad for one bit too, but not Black actually. But um, in that sense too. Are you going to the show? maybe like I, I i should too i mean i only liked one album like i do like the other album too like east atlanta like love letter and all that too but um you liked his original like problems x colin uh yeah that, i mean that original the, the last black. time i've like listened to black like <laughs> i'm not gonna lie it was like maybe like 2018 and all that um i do know that he has like other stuff like coming through with yeah. this new project so since i, I have a lover is an amazing project and I took a lot of influence from that for The Smell of Smoke, so... And I cannot wait to meet him. I love him so much. Wow, Almost so, as much as Drake. No, no, 100%. <laughs> um, how does he, like, uh, relate to you, like, the most, like, in terms of your music and, like, everything else, too? I think that he's an incredible lyricist. And anytime I hear any song from him, it's like I relate to it so much. I'm like, did he write this for me? So, and I think that's so important as an artist, as when you're writing and you're doing it, you have to tap in with people and people's emotions and make them relate to you. And I think that's what makes it so beautiful. And, and I, that's why I love music. Ah, 100% too. And, you know, for top five uh, blog songs, like what can you like uh, recommend for people to check out, like in terms of his music? Well, I mean, the whole old album, um, like with X Colin, Problems, all of that. But since I have a lover, um, I love Playhouse, I think it's called. I love, oh, I'm the worst with like names of stuff. But his whole album is incredible. True. Playhouse, I love. I was just listening to it on the way here. True. Cold, look, Cold Feet, it's up on my phone right now. Talk, Temporary. Temporary is probably my favorite song off the album. Because yeah. you just, I just relate to it. And I think that me and him have a similar. Path. I never I never had kids yet, but you know, I relate to him so much. So shut oh, up, Black. I love you. 
No, I'm gonna start definitely. Uh, so definitely get uh, Black's uh, latest album and The Smell of Smokes too. So yes. those are two dope albums you have to check out right there and all that. <laughs> like, subscribe, comment, share, yeah, all exactly. that. Exactly. Um, with past songs such as like All I Need and like Lost Friends that speak more on your real life issues and issues that you see in life. Do you feel that m- music is like a form of therapy, like the way like artists like vent their issues and thoughts and all that? Definitely. Um, I wouldn't be here if if I didn't have music like it really, you know, helped me and like I lost my dad to suicide and mental health like it's just a big thing like not everyone could afford therapy. It's it's not cheap. So music is definitely a way of coping with, you know, real life things that you go through and I when people come to me after I release a song and they like literally like crying tears in their eyes saying like oh my god like this spoke to me so much like that's when I know that I've done my job so I definitely recommend it and I recommend it for kids growing up too because it can be an outlet for like everything no 100% too and I do definitely agree that you know being vulnerable like in your music is something that people should like do definitely tap into and all that and I think one thing Toronto is lacking right now is like you know the vulnerability and like openness to like even like speaking like a lot of stuff too I mean there are like various songs that do kind of open up to like vulnerability and like openness too but like everyone else is like this like hardened like shell to kind of be like the stereotype to kind of get people to be impressive and do you ever feel like it is like lacking in Toronto right now for people to being like open, like vulnerable, like in their like yeah. music? Well, rap is just so toxic. And I mean, there's so many different genres of rap as well. And like, I'm obviously not in gangster rap by any means. <laughs> but yeah, like, I think that there's such a stereotypical rapper and rap scene that that's what people automatically think. So I encourage these rappers that are, you know, on the come up, like, to speak about real life shit and make it, like, cool. Because, like, sitting here and, like, commending violence and, like, killing people, like, we're killing all our talent off in Toronto. You know, R.I.P. Houdini, R.I.P. Bully, R.I.P. all these people. Um, It just, it's making us look dumb. Like, we're, we're taking away you know, real talent. So it's just goofy, goofy shit when I see that yeah. those things getting promoted. Yeah, no, most definitely. And to speak more, like, do you feel that um, with artists like that do speak about like the situations to like, you know, their thoughts and issues on life? Do you feel like it's authentic, like within their own background, too? Because like I know, like in some situations, they could talk about like dealing with all these issues mm-hmm. and all this other type of stuff, too. And then it could be like a facade, like in real life in that sense. Oh, yeah. I know plenty of rappers that like grew up on a silver spoon, like and they're rapping about coming up from the hood. And it's a joke, really. Like, I mean, I'm not saying like for me, I did grow up all right. My, I wasn't, you know, struggling. We were. I grew up with a single mom, you know, but I chose to put myself in those positions, and I paid the price for that. But it's just funny some of these people that are putting on such cap, and you know, getting rec- recognition from it. But people see through the bullshit. And eventually it comes to light, so. But, like, everyone comes from somewhere. Everyone has their own story. I don't want to shit on that, like, you know. 100% too. And um, 
you know, getting back more into your studio process and all mm-hmm. that, like, what what would, like, a day in the studio be like for you, like, or even during those times when you were doing, like, the recordings for, like, The Smell of Smoke? I mean business when I go to the studio. I don't bring an entourage. I don't drink. I don't, sm- well, I sometimes smoke. <laughs> but I go in by myself, prepared. I'm usually in the process of writing. I'm practicing as well, going, like, over the song like constantly morning afternoon night and then i go into the studio i don't even need to read my phone i can just go off my head and just bang it out because you know time is money and the more time you spend in the studio the more money you're gonna spend so going into the studio prepared is like the number one you know advice i have for artists if they want to save some money no, 100% too. And um, I know like with some people too, like they'll try like other ways to kind of get the like vibe going. Like when I interviewed uh, Beauty in the Ride, she always had like a candle like in the studio and all that. Uh, That's cute. Uh, kind of make it ambient and all that and all that to kind of make it more refreshing. Um, I don't know if you would like modify like the way the studio would be or to like just like keep it as it is sometimes. I love red lights. Red lights are my thing. Purple lights. Like the mood, the mood lighting is like key for me. Um, I don't really like have a ritual or anything, obviously food, (laughs) like if you can give me some Chinese while we're recording, I will be a happy girl. Um, but yeah, mood lighting for sure. Oh, most definitely. And you, you know, with everything uh, going on, how do you feel like, how do you value the importance of like sexuality, uh, vulnerability and openness uh, within your music and is it like i know we already explained it a little bit like more Mm. further with the other questions but do you feel it's seen more today within uh, mainstream music or do you feel like it would be the opposite yeah i mean there's always been in for females in music sex sexuality is everything like from when i was a kid to now like look at christina aguilera britney spears they were all sexualized when when i was a kid growing up do i think it affects people Mm -hmm, maybe but I mean, it is what it is. That's just the the way it is. And a lot of the people that control this shit are men, and that's what they want to see. So I think it's more difficult for people like myself and, like, the young MAs and, you know, the tomboys or whatever that aren't really, like, out there doing it. I'm a sexual person 100%, and I think it's important for a woman to be able to, you know, express that sexuality. Um, But, yeah, like... It is what it's just that thing. It is what it is. And if but if girls aren't comfortable, don't do it, period. But if you're if you want to show your shit, show it. (laughs) I definitely agree, too. And I think I've seen it like in some instances, too. Um, Like there would be like some people that would rap about like sexuality and everything else, too. But then, you know, sometimes some fans perceive it as something different. And then when they do take it into action, when like comfortability is a little bit low, like, it'll be kind of awkward and all that. And, like, I think you've seen that with, like, the Sugiana situation mm-hmm. with YK Osiris and, like, I think yeah. the, Ari, the Ari Lennox uh, situation where I think this guy from South Africa, like, asked a question about sexuality and music and if she, like, kind of does that and all that in real life. So how do you even, like, feel about that? It's always a thing. And it's always going to be a thing. Like, we're women and we deal with that. I mean, it's getting better. But, I mean, I was guilty of it back in the day when I first got into the music scene. I thought that that's what you were supposed to do, and that's how you sell records. And, I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. My views were a lot better when my shit was out. But, you know, I think that I'm being more true to myself as an artist and as a human being, because at the end of the day, that's what we are. 
So, you know, but if I wanted to shake my ass and my tits, like, whatever, let's do it. <laughs> no, no, I definitely agree, too. And, like, I feel like there is, like, a lot, a lot of influences, too, that people do take it on to, like, real life as well, too. More so in the, like, men's situation, too. And, I mean, there's, like, you know, Andrew Tate, Fresh and Fit, like, all that type of stuff, too, and all that. Yeah. You know, kind of influencing, like, these, like, young men and other people to kind of follow these, like, practices and all that. Yeah. And I don't know, like, how you, like, feel about that, like, nowadays, too, and if it's, like kind of causing like an issue between the relationship between like men and women. Oh, absolutely. Like Andrew Tate. Like, I mean, it's just crazy. I I think the internet in general has just ruined society and it's, it's very depressing at times, but I mean, sometimes you just got to learn to shut off and that's, it's, it's hard to do that as you know, an entertainer, but I think taking time for yourself and like really, Shutting off and knowing that this is reality and then this is false reality is very important because it took me a long time to realize that. And I think that kids nowadays just think it's about likes and views and blah, blah, blah. But it's not. And a lot of uh, industry people don't really even look at your your views like that. They look at how much content you're putting out, you know. Yeah, because so. I think like the whole like change in content has been like changed like drastically nowadays too. Um, I could say like one example too, like No Jumper used to be like you know whole like underground podcast mm-hmm. too with like interviewing rappers and everything else too, to having panels where they're having people like um, have sex, Nick Fuentes yeah, yeah. and like having like those girls oh. like talk about this stuff too, trying to copy like Fresh and Fit and all that and yeah, it's kind of crazy. But you know what? I think that they were pretty brilliant in doing podcasts like a sex podcast like same with like ryan powell from toronto interviewing porn stars like that is a brilliant thing like to think of like they did it you know first and it's successful and that's going back to what we were talking about before about music and starting trends like and same with even tv shows movies you got to start these trends and be do it first and then yeah watch watch it yeah snowball it's like a whole like different algorithm of algorithm and all that too and all yeah. that like even with music because i know with the old no jumper fan base they loved those like underground interviews with them interviewing like underground artists and them doing the whole like nick fuentes and like you know i think the richard spencer and like all this the type of stuff too yeah it's like a total like 180 from there and all that and i do I feel do like, like, yeah. like no jumper yeah i did like i you get that kind of vibe here too yeah. um but they had a lot of viral moments too that helped them. Yeah, I mean you know? the Bunka situation too, and I think the Trippy Red situation. Like there, there were some good times on and all that too. I feel like there was like now with like Crip, Crip Mac and all that, and also scandals. With uh, the Almighty, Selena Powell. Yeah, exactly. A lot of I crazy love stuff. her though. Yeah, she's funny. I, I feel like that's like for other like content too. Um, and we'll get more into that uh, right uh, well later on and all that. But um, to kind of end off like part one uh, for a bit too, how did you manage to grow your fan base from the start of your career until now? And what were like some ways or practices that you initiated the growth and like maintaining like that live fan base? I think just working constantly, never stopping and like never taking breaks. Like I say yes, I try to say yes to everything that comes comes my way. And I put myself out there a lot. I mean, Six Buzz was a huge thing that kind of boosted me in the beginning. They would they posted me a couple times. I mean, they didn't tag me every time. True. But <laughs> neither there or here, whatever. 
just getting out there and, and advertising as well. I think that not a lot of artists think that far ahead. And when you make content, for example, music videos or songs and whatnot, you have to put that money into advertising. Like a lot of my money goes into that and getting on those algorithms because you're not going to get on just po like saying, hey, post. No, if you really want to get out there, you got to put money into yeah. it. And also just like doing those shows too, because you know, shows, yeah. <laughs> I remember you were talking about like doing like some of these events, like hosting your events, like hosting your concerts mm -hmm. too, and you know, having like these people like on that build too and all that. And you know, like how did you even get into like hosting your own shows and all that? <laughs> I just like want to do it all sometimes. Oh, and I think that I'm such a control freak. Like going to shows and them being unorganized is like my biggest pet peeve ever. And it's so popular in Toronto. Just everyone thinking that they can throw a show. And it's like, no, you can't. There's been a select few of people that I've that I've worked with that actually know how to run a show. And I was just fed up. And I think that I just wanted to prove a point that, you know, us as females can sit here. It was a full female bill. I put it all on myself um, with the help of, of Hip Hop Supermarket. Um, and we sold it out. And that just I just wanted to kind of prove a point with that. Yes. I think, you know, you might have been like that algorithm to have those more those more like female shows like going on and all that. Well, women rapper shows and all that. I'm not trying to say female rapper anymore and all that. But mm. uh, you've noticed recently, too, that another like platform like had uh, another well-known artist like perform with a whole female lineup and all that, too. And I don't know, like if you might have like paved that way to get those like shows like going on from there. I hope so. Yeah. But I mean, I wasn't the first to do it. And I, and I want to take credit for that. Like. There's been other other shows, but it's I encourage it. You yeah. know, it just women need to get more confidence in knowing that they can sell out yeah. these shows, you know, yeah. and it's annoying to see bills with just guys on it. Like yeah. it's and it still happens. I saw one this morning, you know, and it's just like give we can we bring out the girl them, you know, yeah. and it's like that makes a show. Yeah. But with with the times now it is difficult to put on shows and yeah. because people are struggling to pay the rent so no 100 percent. and yeah. i feel like with you know you know women rapping like toronto right now it has improved uh, for the better too for and sure. i think you know it has to do with like the variety uh, going on because there's a multitude of like genres for all these like women rappers and all that like in toronto that mm -hmm. kind of have like different sounds and all that from like the tia banks to paris richards Ew. to taylee to nana goody yeah. to the new cats and all that too to villa and everything else too jelly and, to fly yeah exactly i so, know we have so much you you can still go on to this like yeah. like there's lots there's lots of girls and they are putting in work and i see them working harder than males sometimes you know but you know, <laughs> there's a there's a stigma. No, 100 percent, too. And, um, you know, getting into part two uh, right now, I think one thing that I kind of noticed that I actually really liked was the PFP and all that, like on your instant and all that. And it was like a Barbie doll, a Barbie doll with like the joints and all that. Yeah. Um, how did you uh, manage uh, to find that uh, profile pic? And how did that like all started from there? This is my favorite question. <laughs> no one's ever asked me this question. And that, my friend, is like very important because it's definitely my alter ego. And I was I had that Barbie pick on for probably six or seven years now. 
It's been on there since before this whole Barbie craze. But I just, I've always, you know, I'm blonde hair. I'm, I'm, I'm Barbie. I'm the Barbie of the rap game. I'm the Taylor Swift of the rap game. And, but at the same time with Edge, with tattoos, with smoking a joint. Yeah. Um, it's a artist called 360 Nash, I believe. He's a digital artist out of Chicago, I want to say. Sure. Let me just double check that, fact check that really quickly. I wanted to have that <laughs> in lock for the thing. Um, Barbie. Yeah, no, because it was actually like more distinctive than every other like profile pic I would find and all that because Thank a you. lot of them would be like, you know, just like a random photo of them standing, of people standing or, you know, their album cover and all that too. You know, with you, it's like, all right, that's Rex, you know, like that's someone that is someone to look out for like musically and all that too and all that. So, yeah, like I wanted it to um, like be the brand, you know, sorry, I'm just trying to find yeah. the artist's name. I nah, want to no get worries. it right. Um, I want it, yeah, like, and it's it has stuck out. Like, people, when they see it, they're like, oh, that's you. Like, yeah. 369. I, yeah. No worries. Um, I have know. you ever thought about creating merch uh, with that thing, too, or, like, even doing a collab? I don't think I can. I don't own the rights to that, sure. that photo. But, I mean, I want to get a graphic done similar to that. I'm in the process of getting merch done. It's just finding the right supplier and everything. Like, I want it to be the right price point. And like, you know, like linking and with quality. the designer. Yeah, exactly. yeah, I don't want it. I don't want some cheap shit that yeah. people are just going to be unhappy with. Um, but merch is definitely in this in this next tier of of stuff that I got to get done. No, most definitely. And um, I mean, we talked uh, earlier and all that, too, with uh, past uh, interviews I've done. And like, I think uh, one of the ones that I recently uh, did was like the Villa interview with NLMG and all that. And like her like being a guest on here. And then I think you commented saying, you know, like Honey Cocaine, you know, check out Villa and all that, too. And like, I think also, too, with the Master Inferno stuff, too. So like, I know that you said that those are like some artists that, you know, Mm -hmm. you definitely like appreciate and all that. And uh, maybe I don't know if you want to like explain more on that. Well, Master Inferno is one of the best freestylers I've ever met, first of all. And the fact that he grinds so hard, like, I'll be walking home from the bar and he'll be sitting there rapping. And I'm just like, bro, like, you, he puts in the work and he doesn't get his flowers. And I want to give you your flowers right now because you're such an amazing artist, Master, Master Inferno. And uh, I'm very proud of you and just keep working because he will, his time is coming. Um, as well as Villa, she's the cutest little thing I've ever met. And she's mad talented. And she's kind of doing what I'm doing. She's doing the tomboy, kind of her own vibe, the Missy Elliott, the thing. And she's representing the Filipinos. Yeah. So it's it's dope to see. It's very dope to see. And I love seeing music that's... Not your typical music. That yeah. Toronto has such a signature sound, and I mean everybody's yeah. doing it. Like, let's do something different. Yeah, <laughs> you know, definitely. because there is like a whole like different scene out there that is different from the whole like mainstream stuff and all yeah. that. And like when we do talk about it, it's like, you know, there's like this one scene where you know it's the hood man type stuff. You know, people like just doing their thing and all that, the chains, the drugs, mm-hmm. all that type of stuff. Versus, like, the outside stuff where it's, like, yeah. different, like, concepts and, like, different sounds, different styles and all that, different forms of appreciation. And I think with us, like, we're kind of, like, in the middle of that in that sense, too, because you don't know if you want to, like, lean into the left side or lean right. into the right side and all that, too. So, like, do you feel that there should be, like, more integration for other people to col- collab and all that? Totally. Like, if I had time, 
I would be collaborating with a lot more people, you know, but it just sucks when like you get to a certain level. It's just like you're busy constantly, like just moving, 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 moving. Um, but yeah, I would love to, you know, collaborate with more people and, and do that. But I think people get nervous about, you know, I think that just shooting your shot is the best. And that's why I'm so successful. Like, I shoot my shot as much as I can. Wow. And if I hit, I hit. If I don't, I don't. On to the yeah. next one. So I encourage people to kind of shoot their shots. Yeah, no, most definitely. And I think, like, it worked very well with, like, the City TV, the CP24, and then most uh, recently uh, Vibe, uh, the Vibe 105 mm -hmm. and all that, too. So, like, I mean, you just did Vibe uh, today, but, like, with CP24 and, like, City TV, like, how did, how did it, like, work out for you, like, in terms of like getting more recognition and you know people like finding out and all that well i think like people think it just falls in your lap i mean it doesn't like you do need publicists in this you need to do do things like that i fortunately have been grinding really really hard and i'm not going to re reveal my secrets but uh you know i ended up you know, shooting my shot and getting that shot. Exactly. So I really recommend people do that because you never know what you're going to get out of it. And I luckily created an album that a lot of people resonate to. And, and I'm lucky that these people want to give me that opportunity. So wow. shout out all of you. Ah, 100% too. And, you know, with your growth as like an artist, do you feel like you've grown as, as an artist from like the start of your career until now? Oh, definitely. Definitely. Like listening back to my, even my last album, I'm just like, why did I release that? Like, um, and that's the, the beauty of music. Like I love looking back at my old catalog and being, and seeing how much I've grown and seeing the progression and, and stuff like that. It really, it really humbles you. <laughs> no, 100%. And you know, just like getting onto like these other uh, topics uh, right now, uh, you know, with nine to fives versus like, you know, t attaining like success for your own. Mm -hmm. It's like a whole like different concept uh, nowadays on what we could do uh, right now. So in your opinion, do you feel that like seeking a nine to five or attaining education for schooling is more of a better approach to attaining success or would it be like the opposite? You can do both. Like, and I think it's important, like success isn't going to happen overnight like some it's just like winning the lottery right like those success stories but you don't see the behind the scenes as well like a lot of these people for example ice spice blew up overnight because of a song on tiktok blah 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 but she was a, an artist for a long time before that trying to you know blow up so there is and same with post malone post malone like white Averson or whatever blew up um was his big song and before that he was rapping a lot and there's a lot of the behind the scenes things um but you always got to have a backup and art does not pay the bills especially in the beginning yeah. um and it costs a lot of money to be an independent artist so yeah. i mean my nine to five like really fuels my my music career so yeah. And I can't wait for the day that I can quit. <laughs> yeah. But I love my job. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I think it just like depends on like what you really love. So like if you have a job that you like, as you said, that you really love mm -hmm. and something that you really love on the side, like it also like works out either way too. Totally. I feel like in some cases too, like in Toronto, it's hard to kind of do both nowadays because you're going to have to sacrifice like one or the other, like stay in Toronto and, 
you know, not focus on the music career or like the art career or moving to a different area where it might be cheaper, but then you have like more time to work on your music and stuff like that. And sometimes there are like upsides and like downsides uh, to it and all that. Totally. But I mean, you nowadays you can do music anywhere. Like anyone can, you know, set up a microphone and, and do music and work with people in different towns and all of that and just travel. I yeah. mean, it's more inconvenient, yes, yeah. but it can be done. And if you really want it, you're going to do it. And that's exactly what I'm doing. So I really encourage people to work hard and not give up because that's that's how you're going to be successful. Yeah, I'm out 100% too. And mm-hmm. I mean, we talked about this in like Trinklets and all that too, but uh, what are your thoughts on like social media nowadays? <laughs> I mean, it's a great tool. It's a great tool for artists to use. You can upload a video for free and you never know what's going to happen with it. Um, There's a lot of downsides to social media. You always compare yourself to other people. And I think that as an artist, you're that's constantly what you're doing. So for me, I've recently just like trying to just focus on my lane and not really I'm just congratulating everyone else on their journey but you really got to focus on your lane and social media you know is the devil but it is a great tool for us <laughs> nah 100 too and i know like in some cases too for people outside of this like whole music realm too like some people will post a photo like which concludes like a great reality but it's not really like an actual oh, reality yeah. now nowadays too and like you realize too like there's a lot of people who are depressed a lot of people who are making like lots of sacrifices to live that like image and all that to mm-hmm. kind of do things that they don't really accept but like they have to do like one way or another and all that and do you ever feel like that it could take a toll on other people like depending on the situation going on or like let's say if you have something like unique but it's not what you're living do you feel like it's like taking a toll on you oh yeah every day um but you just got to separate you know, and just every day. And I think that people exactly like they post the happy stuff, like, and that's why I try to be as vulnerable as I can in my music. Cause then people hear the story and then they're like, Oh, okay. I get it now. So yeah, it's, I, I really love people that are, you know, that, I mean, everyone's fake online. Let's be real. (laughs) Let's be real. But it is a great social tool, no. but it's ruining us all. No, 100% too. And uh, <laughs> do you have any uh, regrets in your life or do you regret nothing? I regret nothing. I mean, there's a couple things <laughs> I wish I could take back. Yeah. But I mean, they made me who I am today and you learn from your mistakes. And I'm a very strong believer in that because I don't make the same mistake twice unless my ex-boyfriend no, i'm just joking <laughs> nah, I got um you. but i don't i try not to make the same mistakes twice i try to learn and grow from them and everything happens for a reason i'm a very very strong believer in that um and yeah if you're good karma no no 100 too and um i know there's like a couple things that might be interesting too uh barbie or Oppenheimer. you're gonna watch like one or the other i watched both I did. Oppenheimer is long as shit. It's three hours long, so be prepared if you're going to see that. And Barbie was a great movie. It really is an empowering woman movie, and I I, and it's a female director, biggest female opening weekend ever. Yeah. Um. And yeah, it was a great movie. Yeah. And uh, I guess you're also gonna tune into Caravan as well too. 
I hope. Uh, <laughs> like, if there's any single boys out there, uh, come catch this bubble. <laughs> nah, for sure. And um, do you have any like closing uh, remarks you'd like to say? I uh, just make sure that you go stream the smell of smoke. It's out on all platforms now. And follow me on Instagram. It's Rax Official Music, R A X X Official Music. And be kind to one another. Ah, uh, most definitely. Uh, Rax, I got to dap you up uh, right there and all that. I'm just trying to make that a whole trend and all that. Love but that. yeah, you know, thank you for coming by to speaking your piece, to speaking your story, and, you know, sharing your gems too and all that because it is important to share people like their flowers and all that and to get people to be a part of the journey and all that to share their stories to kind of get them going you being like the second solo woman guest on here it's <laughs> a milestone and all that too and let's go let's i gotta go. get the trend going out. exactly you know and you know this is josh also known as yashu i always say this like every other time you know check it out on all platforms buzzsprout apple podcast spotify much more and all that if you're on apple podcast like give it a review depending five stars or you know depending on whatever star you can and all that and <laughs> definitely five stars what the fuck definitely uh check out the smell of smoke pretty dope project uh, right here and you know the black project too and all that we'll probably put them on the playlists and all that type of stuff too and let's go you know this is josh also known as yashu episode 46 tilo i talk signing off that's a cut <laughs>